Hey, welcome to the Loki Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Tim Malloy in Hollywood, California. My co-host, as always, Keith Denny in Dallas, Texas. Hey, how's it going, huh? And Aaron Lanton coming out of Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, hoy, hoy. Very Nashville. <laughs> Keeping it real Nashville. Uh, this week, we're talking about The Boys, a brand new series on Amazon uh, from the comic by Gareth Ennis. Uh, an adaptation by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, put together by Eric, Eric Kripke. Uh, we're excited to talk about this. Before we do, I thought we could go into the, the mailbag and talk about some feedback we got on last week's episode on pandering. Yeah, yeah. Give it to the people. All right. So this comment came in from Lee. I thought this was really astute and pointed out some stuff that we did not get into. She said... I think the discussion is pretty good, but I would have liked someone to mention how gender-swapping iconic roles like a Batman or James Bond is just another example of how these supposed creative geniuses, meaning people in Hollywood, are completely devoid of any original ideas. At the same time, the audience always turns up in droves to see the new Spider-Man, Batman, James Bond, etc. So why should they come up with any new idea when they're making boatloads of cast just rehashing the same stuff? Segments of the audience who want representation become fed up. And they start voicing how they want a new Jane Bond or Batwoman. But instead of studios saying no and inventing a new badass character, they give in because they know that gender swapping and already successful property is a safer bet. Then you end up with other people who say James Bond is a male icon, leave him alone. But they don't. And we end up with the new Star Wars movies with Ray in the lead, which are solid, but aren't really loved by anyone. So, yeah, Lee touched on a lot of stuff that we kind of got into last episode, but didn't make the points that she made. So thanks for the comment. We appreciate it. Yeah, I thought those were excellent points, and I don't really have a, a real retort. I agree with the vast majority of that. I mean, I would also add, though, um, that, you know, producers, I can understand the perspective, want to take a safer route, want to do something that you feel like is very likely to put a return back in your pocket. So, I mean, there's a give and take, and, you know, it's, it's rare that we get you know, uh, a chance to really do something original, and and it's partially because it's it's there's a huge risk involved. So, um, we'll we'll see. I mean, I think there's room to do more. We'll see more, and um, you know, I, I think, you know, this next decade is going to be a real test of, you know, originality. And even what we're seeing in Phase Four for Marvel coming up here, uh, from based on things that were announced at Comic Con, is going to be you know really really awesome and um, a real testament to what she's she's speaking to actually keith what do you think about that though i think she has some real good insight and i also want to say it out there to you guys like we really do appreciate when you guys be a part of the conversation um that's why we want to bring this up today so so anything rather you agree with us rather you you know think what we're saying is insightful or that we're a bunch of idiots we love to hear the comments you know um <clears throat> And you can always reach out to us or comment it on Instagram or um, or just the way that they did today. So, you know, we, I really appreciate that. So, yeah, we, so. we put just these, want more people to do that, though. Yeah, we put these stories up on the wrap. They go out on Twitter. Uh, you can get at Aaron and me on Twitter. Uh, I'm Tim A. Molloy. Uh, you know, we'll just put it in the show notes. Yeah. And uh, yeah, thanks for commenting. So today, talking about the boys, who wants to start? I'm very much a fan of of Garth Ennis's work, um, and pretty much anything he, he's put out, I've at least had an interest in. Uh, the run that he had with the preacher has been a book that really impacted how I read comic books since that time. It was an incredible book. I wasn't really crazy about the adaptation though, 
uh, on TV. So I was really curious to see how um, the boys was handled. And it was interesting because in, in both cases, they've chosen with these adaptations to not uh, kind of do one-to-one matches between the comic book versions and the TV versions. And I think, you know, there can be pros and cons to both um, approaches. And I thought it really, really worked well here with the boys. Keith, what'd you think? I don't even know where to start with this show. Like, <laughs> um, I've never read the comic book, but I think just from the trailers, I kind of knew, like, in a way, like, what to expect. Um, and then I remember, um, I, I even remember back in the day when Aaron was reading The Preacher, and it was just too much for me, you know. Uh, at the time, I was like, ah, it's, it's making me, you know, question too many things, you know. And it was, you know, violent and random and just just made you have, like, one of those crises. And... Like shook your faith? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, man, that book is serious. It's, it's, <laughs> it was way too deep for me at the time because Aaron reading this in, like, high school, like, really, like, in ninth grade reading this shit. And so... I'm like, nah, I can't, I can't with preacher. But <laughs> I think that in a way, the boys kind of challenge your way of thinking in in the terms of um, superheroes, but not even just superheroes, but people that we consider to be heroes in general. Yeah. Rather, um, uh, uh, your favorite athlete, rather is he, rather even if it's a politician, you know, like are these people really for you or do they have their own agendas? Are they um, like? Like the like what we see with the seven and the boys, but at the same time, even when you know that that there is some corruption within this society or within this group, do you bunch them all in the same? I guess in the same category. It's the same way. Like it also made me think about like how the the sentiments that we have towards police officers nowadays. You either have people who feel like. They're they're completely for the police, and then you got if you're not if you if you in any way disagree with anything that police officers do, then you completely against them. Mm, yeah. so, like, it's kind of like with, with the boys. We have the boys, and we have um, Bill the Butcher, who is the leader of the boys. He considers all supers to be bad. Yeah. Like point period, they're all bad. And now, mind you, there are a lot of them that's. They fucked up, but <laughs> you do have some like Starlight that actually want to do some good, but also feel the pressure of the system that she decided to be a part of to to actually try to do the good. Yeah, I mean, if people haven't seen this, it's the story of a group of kind of crusaders who are trying to rein in the supers. Um, especially a group called the Seven, who are kind of like the Super Friends or the Avengers, but are actually corrupt and kind of in it for themselves. They're kind of like movie stars. Um, well, but but I think it's important to point out that this would be like if the Justice League was the, a product of Amazon. They are part of a corporation called Vought, and they very much speak to... So, like, let's say something happens and they save a person, whatever. Like, Vought then says, okay, like, our super, our soup went out and saved these people, and then their stock price goes up and it can sell another movie. And, you know, and yeah. everything's about, like, image and, like, hey, when we do charity stuff, let's make sure we 
you know, get a videotape of all of it. Or like let's let certain crimes happen and then let's like have a camera crew ready to stop it. Well, well, when you stop it, like have a camera crew ready to like show you making it happen, you know. So it's very much Garth Ennis was very much way ahead of his his time as far as thinking about media, how media functions, the way that media can be used to uh, manipulate. Uh, I mean, we've always kind of known that. I mean, it's not like, you know, I mean, throughout, especially the 20, 20th century, we saw plenty of that. But he was very much in the mindset of, like, how does this function in the world? And I think, you know, you can see even in the covers for the boys, like, there's a lot of influences from those late 80s, early 90s books like The Dark Knight and... Dark Knight Returns uh, to Frank Miller? Yeah, yeah, I was like, God, like, what's yeah. the name of that book? Yeah, yeah. So where... Based, and even Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Daredevil, like there's all these different stories where like gangs are rampant and you walk down the street and like there's nothing you can do. You can't escape the violence. But there's this vigilante out there who'll stop at nothing to make sure you're OK. And it's very much like taking that kind of trope, but then saying, OK, well, but like in a real world scenario, if people really had these superpowers, what would they actually be doing? Yeah, I think Frank Miller kind of started the idea or popularized the idea that Batman might be a little bit fascist. Um, and are we okay with that? And the boys kind of takes it even further with, yeah, let's assume these guys are complete fascists and are complete frauds and are in it for themselves and really do think they're above us all. Who would rise up to protect us, to be like the heroes against the heroes? And that's where you get, you know, Carl Urban as Billy Butcher uh, and the rest of the crew of the boys. And I, I like the show because... I feel like the dominating principle is just everything is as cynical as it can possibly be. Um, everyone is doing things for the wrong reasons. It's not at all surprising that the deep like sexually harasses Starlight, a uh, new member of the seven mm -hmm. on like the very first day, um, because every single person is going to do the what, most 10 crass, minutes into awful, the show when this happens. <laughs> everyone's going to do the most crass, awful, um, worst version of humanity that they could do. And it's, it's kind of like you need a bad person to beat a bad person. Yeah. And I think what's really cool though is because I, I do think it's, it's about like in some ways I see it as being cynical, but in some ways I see it as just simply regular, like if you give regular people power, what begins to start happening with them yeah. in their situations in life? I mean, a train is definitely a character who is just like, He's a complete jerk, you know, in so many different ways. But it's also a situation of like, I mean, he's really vulnerable in a lot of ways. And we and we see, uh, I know there are a lot of spoilers we're not supposed to pass along. So I kind of skip around how that happens. But, you know, each of our heroes, we, uh, well, our heroes, the soups, I'll say, um, they all really have vulnerabilities and the show does a very great job of like allowing us to see that vulnerability. And even though they have these superpowers, I mean, they have the same issues that everybody else has and, the, and these insecurities are, you know, kind of what will lead them to making some of the normal mistakes everybody else does. But the thing is those mistakes have consequences that are so much more, uh, just they, they just they have so much more magnitude because of their their stature because of the power that they have you know I also think that for there to be a, a seller of something 
you will have to have a buyer. You have to have people that buy into something. So mm-hmm. for media to be effective, the whole society has to buy in into this idea that these people are 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 up and above and that they are the heroes and they're everything that we want them to be. So in a way, I think that this society puts that on these people and they just act and turn to that. Because one of the things that I was thinking about that would be one of the worst things is for them to realize that these people are human and that they actually shitty individuals. Um, mm-hmm. Just and said, you pretty much just gave, you got regular people that have like these amazing powers. How would they really react to this? You know what I'm saying? We see how the Justice League reacts, DC's Justice League reacts. Is there even a realistic situation? Would most people be selfless or were they more so act out on their more selfish desires and it's just and i think that i I appreciate the boys for showing that that part of it and showing also the pressure of having to perform and having to give off that that um superhero heroic type of um um allure like just like what we were talking about with um a train a train was so big on like, okay, I'm the fastest man alive. I got to prove this. And I think at first it was more so about Vok and him being kicked out of the seven. But I think a big part was it was that he had all this to live up to. Yeah. That the people had put on him. Well, and, and I think that's, that's one of the most fascinating things. I mean, on top of everything else, like if you look at like in the way superhero stories are written in the big two for the most part with like with DC and Marvel, the heroes don't get paid yeah. for their services. And it seems like a kind of a throwaway thing to even like think about, but you know, one of the main things about Spider-Man and one of the things that's supposed to make him so um, relatable is that, you know, he's Spider-Man, but he still got to, you know, go work in a lab, but he still got to be a photographer to, you know, to make the rent. Like even at the start of the, PlayStation 4 game that just came out with Spider-Man, you know, before you even begin swinging, you get, um, uh, uh, for, I'm not, what is it called? Like, like I haven't been kicked out of an apartment, so I can't think of the name of it. I've actually um, noticed. Thank you. Jeez, yeah. that thing. So, um, yay, thank goodness I haven't been kicked out. Um, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it slid under your door before you even get to hold R2 to begin swinging. Yeah. So, um, you know, but imagine Spider-Man, I mean, and look, Tony could, Tony Stark do this, but hey, I'll, I'll give you a salary, right? But I mean, that's one of the big things, even in the MCU, is like Peter is like, no, 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 don't worry about giving me a salary. But in a more so-called realistic scenario, somebody's always gonna take the money, right? Always. But the thing, now that now that you brought up Spider-Man, that did that did kind of make me think. Spider-Man is is different in the sense that like he essentially used his power for selfishness. Go for it. All right, explain this. Because <laughs> I, I think I know where you're going, but explain this this all the way. So, I mean, we all know the story. So when Spider-Man first got bit by the radioactive spider, he didn't go swinging around saving people's lives. He was going to use his power for his own benefit. Right. So he went wrestling. You know, he did all of this stuff. So he was going to, he pretty much was going to do what the Seven does and the boys just use their powers for, for them. And that's all, that's it. Mm-hmm. For, for his own glory. But from him doing that and him allowing that one criminal to get away because he said that's none of his business, that same guy kills his Uncle Ben. 
Now, see, one of the interesting things you bring up there, though, too, is like VOTS as a corporation, one of their whole big things is because the seven are their product, it's important to them to protect their reputations and really build the brand about who they are. And they constantly do this, whether it's with their costumes or having them do certain charities, even though like the heroes may or may not really care about it. Or, hey, here's a situation that's happening out in the world. Can you go stop it? Or, you know, something comes up like how do we use it to our advantage to like build our uh, our standing in the world? Um, it's a really interesting contrast because all these things that have happened in the, the canon of superhero um, comic books kind of lead up to, you know, the evolution of where we can have a story like this. And I, I just think it, it's it's really it's really interesting, man. Like I I, I appreciate that it's coming out at the time it, it's coming out. I mean, I, I think the show definitely could have worked prior to having this development of the MCU and all these other things haven't happened. But I think it's even more impactful given the additional context that we have as comic book fans, you know, and and even just for a, a general audience. Um, I also just want to kind of speak to, a little bit more to like to, to the production of the show, the acting. Like, what did you guys think of the show and, and it, just how it's it's been made overall? Like just everything about it, the acting, the costumes, the the, the feel of the show. Like, what did you guys think of that? How it was put together? The casting, I love. Like, I love Elizabeth Shue and pretty much everything. I think she's fantastic as Stillwell. Um, mm-hmm. Jack Jack Quaid, who's the child of Meg Ryan and um, Dennis Quaid, as Huey is oh, really really good. Yeah, another another week oh. of uh, finding some Hollywood uh, <laughs> Hollywood children. Uh, Aaron, Aaron Moriarty as Starlet. I didn't know who she was before. She's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, She's real good. Jesse Usher, A Train, very good. I mean, Carl Urban, obviously great in the lead. Chase Crawford, I didn't know where I knew him from. I guess he's from Gossip Girl. Uh, Dominique McElligot. Uh, but also the guy who plays um, who, Frenchie, who plays oh Frenchie's great, but who is the main guy? Uh, the the man, we just named a bunch of main guys. Oh oh, you talking about Homelander? Home, who plays Homelander? That guy is Anthony Starr. Man, that, he is he is a beast. He looks like kind of a little bit like Jean Paul Gosseler, but like a little bit off, and like maybe like if John like not that he really looks like this, but like the way they have made him up, it's like what if he was just like a little grumpy. <laughs> and just kind of he just like looks slightly askew and i'm sure the yeah. actor that's not true for it's it, it's just there's just like a slightly demented quality to homelander that i love it's so cool he just looked like the human personification of white supremacy or something <laughs> <laughs> Damn. like if you just if you just made it into one person one super person that's what you'll get um, but like if they all inbred and like the, there's something a little bit off about his ex- facial expression sometimes like he's playing that role really well he, he, right. yeah, there's, there's something it, it sounds so crazy the way we're saying it but like when you're watching it he, there's something so intentional about like his expression the thing like so what's so interesting about him he's the only soup that really because you know you mentioned white supremacy it's interesting because, like, for him, it's like regular humans are mud, like less than mud. <laughs> like they they don't mean squat, and it it just comes up all the time. Like it, it's so interesting. Like I I am so fascinated with the way that that is handled. 
Um, also, another actor I want to give a huge shout out to is I, I thought she was just amazing. Um, the the character is called the female, but uh, Karen Fukuhara. Oh yeah, amazing! I thought she did such a really really good job. I mean, because the the role it requires you to not really all of it has to be contained simply in your expressions and movements. Um, and, and it, I mean, because she doesn't really have any lines and it's just because of how that role functions and she crushed it. Like I, I really bought everything that was happening there. Um, just, it, I, I didn't feel like they made any casting choices that hurt the show in any way. Everybody who's on screen who has a chance to do something, I feel like they, they really knocked it out the park. Um, yeah, I agree. And I, I definitely like the character characterization um because at first i was kind of over the whole idea that all of the seven were just bad for the sake of being bad but once you start seeing the more human elements of them i'm like i kind of get it you know even um even with homelander um the scene when they were at his house where they was doing well 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 well, hold up we don't want to spoil the show too much (laughs) oh we're gonna stop now (laughs) well 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 well, okay just just we we were asked not to spoil too much there are certain things we were asked not to spoil i don't know if you guys remember no we don't spoil this but the the point i'm making is that when he when he saw what he saw in his bed i don't know if i could say this shit but it, it i think that added a lot to his character because of the fact that it re- it really reminded him of where he actually came from. Yeah, that was, and I I didn't expect that. Yeah, that was cool. Whereas that whole setup that they had for him was the to create this cookie cutter version of a life that he never lived before. Yeah, Aaron, did that go too far with spoils with spoilers? I'm looking at what we were asked not to spoil. That's not in it. <laughs> okay, yeah. so I don't think we said too much, but yeah, let's leave it there. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, I totally agree on the cast. I think it was fantastic. I'm also I'm really happy to see Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg pairing up on their second Gareth Ennis product, um, just to see that they're true fans doing something that they really must love. Um, Eric Kripke mm-hmm. has a great, great history with TV, and I just felt like the production value was really good. I felt like a lot of care went into it, and it is what it is. Like it's not like a, it's not like a show where I think Emmy voters are going to go, oh, this is a triumph of the human spirit, because it like it has such a it has such an attitude of like almost disdain and such like beautiful cynicism and using cynicism to say this is the opposite of how things should be um, mm, rather yeah. than modeling like positivity like the Marvel movies do. It's just if you're sick of the Marvel and DC movies and you want like the cold, hard human version. Uh, this is your bag. This is like the Game of Thrones version of Avengers. Like, <laughs> like yeah. take, take all of the all of the like nice myths you've heard and then put real human beings into those positions. Yeah. And Hey, the action really cool. Really cool. I, I liked all, every action scene. They got a little sparse at the end, but when they happened, they were really nice. Like I, 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 I was on the edge of my seat, like wondering what would happen, you know? And uh, that doesn't happen all the time for these kind of shows. Like I, I generally feel like I'd have a good time. Expect, man, that last scene, holy shit. Like, I, this it's been a while since like I watched a show, and I get to the end and I'm about to flip the fucking table. <laughs> like, like what what am I looking at? Hold on, what they did that? Okay, all right, let's do this. I'm I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to see where this goes. Um, yeah, that that was 
I mean, so without talking about the end, like in in specifics, w- did y'all see that coming? I didn't get to the end. Oh, oh. I'm I I got through the first half, and I'm kind of saving it because I want to savor it from now on. Man, that end. Um, Keith, what about? Did you get to the end? Yeah, I watched the whole thing. What did did you see that coming? Mm, let me think back. I'm talking about the end, the end, like last last ten minutes. You know what? I I guess I guess I yeah I guess I did. I don't I don't I'm not saying I was I was I wasn't surprised when I seen it because of the simple fact that it's just I I, I knew that they. You know, every series first gonna have something that's gonna be a shocker. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking that whatever shocker it was gonna be, it was gonna be surrounded this particular thing. Mm, yeah, like, I mean, could it be because this is something that's it's pretty much what drives um, the butcher, the butcher the whole time. I don't know why I won't call him the butcher, <laughs> but it, it and, and it motivates him throughout the whole whole thing. So once you know what his motivation is, it kind of let me know that the ending. Was gonna be somewhat connected to that. So well, I, I can just tell you for a fact. Uh, so I didn't, as I said, I haven't finished the series. I, 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 as far as the comic books, I had actually read like the first two volumes. I was like, oh, okay, well, this is cool, but I couldn't. I just, I didn't have the the funds to like buy the rest of the series. So, hey, by the way, if you like to read the whole comic book series on Humble Bundle right now, it's all available for fifteen bucks. So check that out in the uh, in the story details. They're not. Um, uh, they're not giving us any money or anything to say that. Just Aaron is a giant fan of humble, humble bundle, and recommends it constantly. And I think he sold me. Yeah, humble bundle is amazing. So we'll come back to that. Maybe maybe we need to be sponsored by humble bundle. But <laughs> so, um, but the thing that's so crazy is I spoiled the books for myself because I was like I just need I want to know what was gonna happen. Like I was like ah maybe it's gonna lead to this one thing. But I was kind of I was like damn. Like, the really what happened was I was looking at I'm like the stuff that I remember happening is not happening. And then I accidentally kind of read what happened at the end. I was like oh, okay that's where it's going. And then it was not that at all. It was like so different than <laughs> like what happened. Because when you're actually looking at Homeland and how he functions in the story, it's like oh, okay like he should progress to that same point and he ends up doing something that's very left field from what I expected, especially his first, um, his characterizations in the first four episodes. Yeah. Uh, uh, you talking about that? No, I didn't expect that. <laughs> what the hell did you think of? <laughs> I think you talking about the very, very end. I don't know what you're talking about. That's still the very... No, right. you're talking about the last shot. That's why I thought you was talking. Well, about. the the the, I'm talking about the. I said the last ten minutes. The whole the last shot ain't the last ten minutes. Is all that together wrapped in a whole bundle? Nah, because it's two different separate things that happened. One was kind of surprising, and the other one was kind of predictable. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Sure, sure. That sounds like sure. a good ending to me. That's how I like you, my endings. You say that, but like. If, okay, if you think about like where Homelander started and what we were seeing from him, and then where it led, his development makes so much sense. But it's like, wow, like he got there by himself. Whoa. Okay. 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 All right. Let's see where this goes. That's cool. All right. Most people hearing this have not gotten this far, so let's. Uh, yeah. Oh, I'm man, talking about dope. myself. I'm talking about me. it's it's dope it's dope like i'm so into it so anyway uh we ain't got to keep harping on the end end's amazing it's worth finishing there's so many cool things that happen in it um 
Hey, uh, let's talk about Huey for a second. Yeah. What what'd you guys think of Huey? Um, and we, uh, you know what? We can kind of talk about the beginning. That's not in things we can't spoil. And I'm pretty sure it's in the one of the trailers. Um, if I'm standing on a curb and my fiance at the time is just <laughs> run through by soup and there's blood all over me, I, you know, I think I'd be... Uh, I, I think it's easy to say, yeah, I'd, I'd be going with Billy the Butcher easily. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I can say that. I get his transformation a lot, and I really like how they just use him as, like, any of us. He's just, like, such a regular dude. And he discovers that he has these great abilities that he didn't know he had through his through his anger and his desire for revenge. And that's that's a cool <laughs> setup. Yeah, it's, it's pretty clean. I don't, I don't know, Keith, if you feel like you got that in you, but I, I feel like I kind of was snap uh, even a little quicker than he did. Um, probably so, yeah. I, I can understand that, that element of it. And I agree with Tim. Like, I think he's more so like a character that's bring help bringing us into this world of the boys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's starting off with a character that's a veteran like like Butcher. And I think that's a good segue into getting into the story. But personally, I usually don't like those type of characters. They're usually the more boring characters to me. I agree. But so. but what was so cool about him? I, I said so cool. I should say this is just about the show. Um I don't know that I'm rooting for anybody except maybe yeah. Starlight. It's a really weird thing. Uh, even at the end, you're like, man, these these folks are crazy. Um, and at the same time, it if if this sort of thing were present in the real world, it feels like kind of what would be happening. But like, there there are no people who don't have fault here. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I feel the same way. Starlight. Oh, yeah, the there's no one. good. Yeah, they, like you don't look around like, man, I can't wait. Man, there are heroes here. There are no no heroes here, um, <laughs> except maybe Starlight. Um, it, it, you you could argue with me Starlight's a hero, and I I would not have much of an argument there. You try to argue me with anybody else being a hero, I'm be like, man, you can get out of here with that. Well, yeah, no one's really the good guy at all. Yeah, and that's very intentional. It you know, it's pretty cool. I feel like the show is kind of about crisis PR and I can watch like anything about crisis PR. I just, it's so fascinating to me, whether it's like Veep or Succession or whatever. And I feel like Elizabeth Shue is very good as like the person who's handling them all. Yeah. So I just like yeah. how she's I written. Mean, I like, yeah. I like seeing that actor in that, in that kind of role, like a more cynical role than you're used to. Cause you're used to seeing her in these like really like, um, leaving Las Vegas aside, very like sort of uplifty, "Quote unquote girl next door" type of things, and it's cool to have her use her charms for evil. It's really cool, man. Is there's just so much to like? Uh, I'm trying to think of some negatives. Um, things I didn't like. Um, I, so the only thing I even can, I mean, I'm like, I feel like I'm pulling teeth when I say this. Like I'm, I'm just searching for something as a con. Uh, the pacing's a little slower in the last two to three episodes. I liked it though, because um, it it was building to to things that made sense for me. Um, I I don't really have a lot to to like knock it for, honestly. And I mean, after watching the the entire season, I don't, Keith, I don't know if uh, watching the entire season, like if you had to list a con, what what would you even feel like you could bring up? 
Um, I guess sometimes it will be a little bit predictable at times. I also kind of want to understand certain other characters' motivation, like Frenchie and Mother's Milk. Like, mm-hmm. why do they follow Butcher? Like, but at the end of the day, I'm sure there's a history behind that that we just don't know about yet. Mm-hmm. Um, Already think, announced for season those, two. I'm sorry, well, your, your voice had broke up some. What'd you say? Well, well, based on the, see, I didn't say that, but based on what happened at the end of the, of the season, yeah, you, you could tell that, that, I mean, they were leading to that. I mean, I didn't know that that was definitely happening. That's exciting. I'm very, very happy to, to know that that is on the docket. That's that's awesome. Kind of also remind me of this. Um, you remember that book we read when we were younger? Rise, what's it called? Rising, Falling Stars. Yeah. Oh, that's a good book. It kind of yeah. that just like when you sh- when you show heroes in a different light outside of what we're used to. I think it was J. Michael Straczynski who wrote that. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. J. Michael Straczynski. Can't say his name, but um, one thing that I that I don't think that we mentioned is like okay like what we were saying about like heroes having um like what they'll be like in real life when we think about these marvel and dc heroes one thing that they do have in common is all of them usually have a tragic backstory the seven they're all heroes who have to hide a story to give up a certain image but Mm -hmm. they're ones that are corrupt so i think there's something to be said about that but um but yeah so that that's my final thoughts um Thank you guys for for rocking with us this go round. You guys got anything else? Watch the show. That's yeah. what I got for you. It's a good show. Right, right. Yeah, if you I like this, uh, please tell a friend. Tell a friend who likes comics. Tell a friend who's sick of comics. Um, <laughs> to check it out. Uh, and uh, thanks for listening to us. We really appreciate it, and we'd love to get more feedback from you. We'll read your uh, read your comments on the air. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, and um, also check us out at the Low Key Pod um, on Instagram. So, like I said, just just reach out to us. We love to be in a conversation with you guys. Most definitely. So, uh, we'll holler at y'all on the next one. And, um, you know, we're looking forward to it. All right. Peace. Peace. See you.